0: everybody welcome back to live and laugh and this is your host sonia and today's story is the lord is my shepherd we live in a time between the times between war and peace between faith and doubt between birth and death between the people who actually are the ones we like to become in such a time we need a map by which to chart our way forward and i can think of no better map for navigating the difficult passages of life Than the 23rd Psalm, it marks a passage through the time, not just for each of us personally, but for an entire community and nations. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Instantly, the image of the shepherd God springs to mind. It is easy to imagine the green meadows the grass caressed by the gentle breeze of an afternoon in the spring. You can almost see the sheep lying in the golden light of the sun have been filled to satisfaction grazing in the lush pastures of all day long. Nearby, we hear dancing waters of mountain brook. We see the shepherd rousing his sheep, guiding them, leading them around those steep places where the water rushes down the mountainside in a torrent. The shepherd leads them to a place of safety beneath the shadow of an overhanging tree. where the water stands still and clear. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. Typically, our very first conception of God is very much like that shepherd. We think of God as a person who watches over us with the warm, protecting love of a father or mother. As we contemplate these opening verses, we are filled with the same confidence and security which we have known as children. And so, these verses draw us back in time to the point where we were at one with God to a moment in our lives like that of the very first Christmas when God was present in a moment of mystical illumination before our days of doubt and anxiety. Adding to the tensions of adult life, it is refreshing to remember this mood of childlike trust and to let the shepherd God lead us beside still waters. Yet in the very next verse, the mood changes. The scene shifts from the beauty and quiet of the mountain stream to the terrifying danger of the mountain itself. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Here we find ourselves in a very deep, of great canyon, surrounded on all sides by the sheer rock. Those walls rising up so high and so sharply. On all sides that the light of the sun scarcely penetrates to this place, deep in the crevices of the earth and the shadows, it is dark and cold. We have walked into to the very heart of darkness, the valley of deep darkness. It is called in the Hebrew. In fact, the word death does not appear in the original, for the experience here described is actually more terrifying than death. The deep darkness of the valley is the despair we feel when the faith of our childhood seems to have failed, when mother or father can no longer comfort us, when God seems remote and abstract from our daily experience, or worse, when one confronts the damaging influences of one early childhood. Realizing that the mother or father may have contributed to the problems one faces now. Or worse, when the dilemmas one faces as an adult life seems to be brought upon us by God's own hand, This is the darkness that penetrates to the very center of our soul. This is the darkness of our present age when the benefits of our scientific and technological age still leaves us feeling grief This is our time when neither the innocent of childhood Not the peace of death itself can protect us from the dangers of the world that is all too real, and yet it is precisely here, in the valley of the shadow of death, that one reaches out to discover a present and power greater than we have known before. For it is in the midst of life, in a time of doubt, that God appears who leads us in the path of righteousness. The Path of Righteousness this rather quaint phrase held over the King of James Version carries it an unfortunate condemnation today. For we imagine righteousness to be a state of superior virtue. We imagine someone rather stodgy and straight-laced, someone full of heavy judgment and cliché But that's not the sort of thing the psalmist had in mind. The Hebrew word for righteousness, kunoz, cool Action which is taken to uphold the physical and mental health of a community. In Hebrews, righteousness connotes a sense of responsibility and a hunger for justice. That the path which God has had for us takes us into the dealt world. We must not merely speak platitudes about peace. For an example, we must actually inform ourselves about the questions of war and peace, about the causes of conflict in our lives and in the world around us, so that we can address them. If we are following Jesus' path of righteousness, we must be prepared to take realistic, practical actions to promote justice in our own homes, in our communities. And in a world, we must be prepared to take our world principles into the marketplace, into the polling place, so that we, the people, might actually walk in paths of righteousness. In other words, we must move from the child simplicity and trust into the adult world where we face all the conflict and competing interests which arises wherever people organize themselves into society. Yet, however, Deeply we may be embroiled in the complexity of this world. As we walk in the path of righteousness, we may draw upon a strength greater than our own. The psalmist writes, even though I walk through the valley of the deep darkness, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy ride and thy staff comfort me. The shepherd's ride is a large club, often with a steel tip used as a weapon against the wild animals and bandits that one might encounter in the wilderness. Armed with such a weapon, the shepherd could move with confidence, even though the wilderness landscape. The shepherd's staff is a long pole used to keep balance by negotiating the difficult terrain of the mountain trails, so the shepherd could scale dangerous heights with a sense of confidence that he would not fall. So. It is with those who seek the justice of God in the time between the times. One emerges from the darkness filled with the confidence that comes from God. And so it is that we move through these times of terror. Apparently, the psalmist now imagines a pilgrim who had been involved in a dangerous struggle with an unnamed opponent. He takes flight into the vast reaches of the wilderness, but the enemy follows. As the hours pass, the situation becomes more critical. Running short of food and water, the end appears near. With each passing mile, the foe gains more ground. But then, just as the situation seems hopeless, he climbs over the ridge of a gentle hill, and there in the quiet of peaceful valley are the bright colors of the tent encampment of benign According to the desert custom, he need only approach those tents, and he will be safe. He need only reach out and touch the outer walls of the tent, and Bidaon will welcome the stranger. They provide the protection of the arms, the warmth of their hospitality, while the pursuing enemy is still outside the camp. This seems to be the exact situation described by the psalmist. Thou prepares a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. Read as a parable from a Christian perspective. This feast represents communion. Here's a table of Christian fellowship, where the pilgrim is strengthened not only by the hospitality of companions, but also by the spirit of Christ, who is the Lord of the camp and host at our common meal. And so... It is that the church is a place of sanctuary and protection from the world where we can sense the warmth and hospitality and even the love of those who welcome and passing stranger. But the psalm contains promise of strength, greater still, that which our other people can provide. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Follow is a rather weak verb. A more accurate translation of the Hebrew would be pursue. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me. As soldiers pursue an enemy in full retreat, as the hunter tracks his prey, as the wind of winter chases the falling snow, so goodness and mercy shall hunt us down in this world. We are pursued by many different people and causes. We are chased by a bill collector and tax collectors, hunted by salesmen and credit card companies, followed by old age and always by the shadow of sickness and eventually by death. But as the psalmist declared, we are also pursued by the goodness and mercy of God. Behind the imperial events of our daily lives, the spirit of God is a work watching over us, supporting us, speeding us on our way. And so, we reach the final step in our journey with the time. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Suddenly, the walls of the new tent open up, and we are ushered into the very presence of God. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No one really knows what awaits us beyond the barriers of time and space. Yet somehow. This image beckons to us like a bright morning star. It is a beautiful and pleasant to come in off the crowded streets and highways to come filled with warmth and light. How much more beautiful to enter into the presence of the God we serve. This is the same promise and the same image that Jesus used. In my father's house, there are many rooms at the very close of life. We are close to God, as the newborn baby held in his mother's arms. And death, we return to source, so we come full circle. And this map charts out our pilgrimage, which takes us all the way from the beginning to the end. In moments of inspiration, we seem to stand like a child in green pastures, like the character in the stable at the Bethlehem. We feel the presence of God pouring down upon us, more comforting than the light of summer sun. And yet again, when the moment of inspiration fades, when the clouds gather, and when we ourselves in the valley of deep darkness, there are foundations of our faith seem to shake. We are put to the test, yet being tested, we find a presence and a power greater than we can even ask or imagine. We leave the darkness armed once again with God's sure style. So that in the wilderness and the wild places of our daily lives, we can find our way with the sense of courage and confidence that comes even in the eye of the storm. And it is here in the time between the times that we learn the value of the support that comes from our fellow pilgrims and moments of the intimate conversation over a meal with our closest friends, breaking the communion bread, together we say, Thou preparest the table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Finally, as we look ahead, even beyond the limits of this day and age, we are filled with deep conviction. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in this time between the times, between birth and death, between creation and consummation, between peace and war, as God is our guide, the way shall we be made plain in the passage. Sure, the pilgrimage we call our lives. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening. If you know anyone that could benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them.